After nearly three decades covering the Buffalo Bills, this guy knows what he's talking about. Welcome to Sal Speak, the place to be for hard-hitting analysis from Sal Majorana of the Democrat and Chronicle. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Sal Speak podcast. I am Sal Majorana, and today I would thought I thought I would talk to you a little bit about um, a really cool story from from Monday, the first day of Bills practice. Um, Harrison Phillips, the defensive tackle. You know, Buffalo's third round pick in 2018. Um, and you guys know the story, I'm sure. He was really coming into his own early last season. Um, was actually getting more playing time than the first round pick in 2019 at Oliver. And then he went down with that uh, torn ACL in week three against Cincinnati and it killed the rest of his season. And he went on to, um, you know, miss the Bills playoff run. And, and he, he was looking to be a key part of that Buffalo defense and the Bills lost that last year. Well, anyway, he had a long and arduous journey as all guys with knee injuries do. And it culminated yesterday morning, Monday morning over at the Bills practice fields at one Bills drive with their first full padded practice. And Harrison was out, was able to be out there uh, with his teammates. And you could just tell they did a zoom call with him after the practice and as I wrote in my story, which is in the Democrat and Chronicle today, um, you could just tell, even even though we're separated and we're doing this by Zoom, I think all the reporters who were on the call could really feel you know, the emotion um, and the excitement that Harrison Phillips was experiencing yesterday, getting back you know, to playing football again. It's his livelihood, it's his passion, and he expressed you know, in, in several comments how much he missed it and you know it was just good it was good it was a good story and you hope that he can get through um, this training camp and get to the season and he remains healthy because he's one of the good guys he's definitely a guy you would root for in that locker room there's a lot of guys like that but Harrison Phillips you know he really gets it is kind of what how that's kind of how I would put it he really gets it and you, you want guys like that to succeed so uh, wishing all the best for him and I'm going to share a couple of comments uh, that he had yesterday from the Zoom call. Um, the first one I'll lead off with was, you know, he was asked the obvious question, what was it like, you know, to finally get back out there after, you know, such a long period of inactivity? And he, he was funny. He actually knew to the day, you know, how long it had been since he put pads on. So here's what he, uh, here's what he had to say when he was asked that question. Yeah, I mean, obviously – the knees, the knees feel great, uh, able to go out there and perform and, and do my job right now. Um, in terms of being a football player, there's still a lot of rust that needs to be knocked off. You know, today marks the 330th day since I got to put football pads on. And uh, to go back out there today, and I, I mean, we've had this great acclimation period um, where I've been able to kind of test things out and have full speed practices without the pads on. But um, to, to gear all the way up, cleats to helmets and shoulder pads, uh, and, and go out there and, and not just selfishly be able to go play football again, which obviously is my biggest passion, but um, to go and, and be with my teammates, with the guys that I love and the guys who, uh, you know, played such a great season last year, put on all this offseason work, as you know, to find a way to make sure that we're all in shape and, and, and put ourselves in position to, to make a stretch and a run here, um, just to be back out there with those guys and, and be in the huddle and, and look around at all my brothers being out there playing with them again. Um, it's the same reason that brought me into the game when I was, you know, 11 years old is go out there and play football with my friends. And so to be out there and do that again, is truly a blessing. 
Now we hear all the time when we're, you know, when we're dealing with football players and, you know, as reporters and, you know, we talk to them about their injuries and the struggles that they have, you know, it's a violent game and, and guys are going to get hurt. And certainly knee injuries are among the worst that players can suffer. Um, and he was very candid and, and I thought poignant when he talked about, you know, what he went through last year. You know, he had the surgery, obviously, in September when he got hurt. And then you've got to you've got to rest. You really can't do anything um, for you know a couple months at least. Um, and he said, you know, it was OK during the season because all the guys were in town. He'd be over at the facility and it was, you know, he couldn't play and he couldn't practice, obviously, but he was with all the guys. And then, you know, when the season ends, they lose the playoff game in Houston and they come home, they pack up their lockers and everyone scatters across the country, you know, for the off season, <laughs> an off season that turned out to be a whole lot longer than we all thought it would, but they're all gone now. And he remained in Buffalo because that's the best place for him to be rehabbing with the team's strength and conditioning staff with their medical personnel. And, and he admitted there were some really tough days when everybody's gone and he's kind of doing his rehab, you know, by himself. And it was a struggle. And he said, you know, it was tough, but he made it through. And I just thought it was, again, we hear a lot of these stories, but he was, he was very, he was very emotional and poignant, as I said, when he talked about it. So here's, here's kind of what he said uh, about that. You know, it honestly has been uh, emotionally, I mean, one of the hardest things I've had to do, and, and maybe that means I've had a sheltered life or something, but uh, when you care about something this much and have it taken away from you, um, and, and again, it's, it's so much bigger than myself. It's not being able to, you know, last year we had such an amazing team and not being able to contribute. And who's to say we might not have won another game or two if I was able to play or make a longer stretch. And again, I'm not saying I'm – a giant playmaker or anything like that. I'm just saying you think those things into existence sometime. And, um, and, and then it was over and then the season was over and everyone went home and here I am in sunny January, Buffalo, uh, you know, by myself every day, uh, rehabbing and five, six hour days working, sweating, crying and throwing up from, from how hard that, that I'm going. And, um, yeah, I mean, there was definitely some depression through there. There was definitely a lot of anxious, anxiousness, anxiety, uh, fear. Um, I mean, there, there was – I remember having a conversation with a couple of the trainers, a, a very emotional phone call or uh, uh, rehab day where I was sitting there like, what if I can't play again? Like, what if this doesn't get better? What if I don't get stronger? Um, and luckily, you know, some fantastic people here in the organization that, you know, kept believing in me and kept pushing me. And um, I'm an extremely motivated individual, and so – uh, when you kind of get that great, um, just, I don't know, force going towards one common goal. And every day I was chipping away at the rock, chipping away and, and saw a light at the end of the tunnel and it got me here. And like I said, 330 days since I got to play football with my friends again. Uh, and it, it's, it's truly indescribable how great of a feeling it is. So as I said, Harrison Phillips is, is really an easy guy to root for. And I hope it does work out. Obviously, you know, he's a key part of this defense this season. Starla Tulele has opted out. He's not going to play. So that creates a big gap. That's a starting player who, you know, typically played around 50% of the snaps last season. Um, the Bills are going to rely heavily on Harrison Phillips to help plug that hole. Um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a rotation. Vernon Butler, I think, is going to be a key part of that. Um, Quinton Jefferson, he has the, diver the diversity to go in and out, but I think he's going to get plenty of time uh, at the tackle position. 
Um, at Oliver, obviously, is going to be a starter. And then you throw in Phillips. Maybe Vincent Taylor makes this team. Who knows? It's good. It's a good battle. In fact, uh, in fact, Phillips even said, you know, they don't even consider it so much ones and twos right now. He called them opportunity groups. So whatever group is up, it's an opportunity to go prove yourself, uh, you know, as a player in this defense. So I think it's going one of the great competitions to watch uh, in training camp. And again, you hope that Phillips can regain where he was before he got hurt in Cincinnati because if he can't um, then there's the chance that he might not get the same amount of snaps that you would have thought were targeted for him so again it's going to be a process Um, not having the preseason games I think might hurt a little bit um, because those are the great opportunities you have to really test out you know whether you can take on that double team block or push off when you have to stand up, um, you know, when you're being pushed by two huge guys um, holding up against the run quick enough to get, you know, up the middle as a pass rusher. Those are all things that he's going to have to find out uh, in these practices, which aren't the same as games, and then go into the, you know, the opening game hoping that it all works out. So it'll be something interesting to watch for sure. Um, Some observations from being over there at practice yesterday. Uh, really, really difficult situation. You know, I know you guys don't really care about this, but from a media perspective, you know, we really can't do a whole lot of reporting, uh, which ultimately hurts you, the fan. I mean, I know when the Bills are at training camp at St. John Fisher College, there's plenty of people that are, who aren't at the, at the fields over there who are back in their, you know, offices, looking at Twitter and keeping updated on what's going on in practice and who's doing what. And we've been told that, you know, because they're over there at One Bills Drive, they can certainly control the message, and they are. Uh, we're not allowed to really report on much of anything that happens. So it's disappointing, you know, from a reporting perspective that, you know, we can't report. But I know for the fans that, you know, some guys and, and girls <laughs> love to be, you know, in the loop when it comes to practice. And you're just not going to have the same level of, of awareness this year. Um, and I know it's a weird year, and hopefully it's the last time we have to do it this way. But I just want to forewarn you that the information coming out of One Bill's Drive um, leading up to the opener is going to be a little bit less than what you normally would expect. Um, we'll still be here talking about it. We'll still be writing about it. But uh, you're going to be a little bit on the downside when it comes to up-to-date, um, real-time information. Um, a couple observations I had yesterday um, I thought Josh Allen looked pretty good. Um, and again, it's it's tough to know in practice, you know, what really is going on. Um, you know, they're not going against a live defense. There's there's obviously a live defense, but it's different than a game situation. But I thought he looked pretty good. I thought he made some throws that were on time. Um, I thought his ball placement was decent. You probably read and heard about the last play of practice when he threw a deep ball to John Brown. John Brown beat Tredavious White, made a diving catch. And it was a it was a great way to end practice. They all ran down there like they want to like they want a game, and I think and I wrote this too yesterday. That was kind of a byproduct of these guys just so happy to be back on the practice field after so many months of doing you know nothing but virtual classroom work. You know they've been back at the facility for a couple of weeks, but all they were able to do was strength and conditioning drills and you know a little bit of walkthrough stuff. Yesterday, finally the pads were on. It was real football. Sean McDermott even remarked that, yeah, it's good to be back to playing real football again. So that was a good thing. Um, 
you know, as, as far as making judgments on anything that happened, it's really difficult to do, especially in a practice. Um, and especially when you're sequestered in an end zone where you really can't see very well anyways, which is what the media is dealing with. You really, it's hard to see, um, especially when they're at the far end, what, what really is going on. Um, but look, football is back. We are inside a month to the home opener against the Jets. All systems seem to be go in the NFL. There are even reports now that some cities, Kansas City in particular, has already said that they're going to try to put um, at least some fans in their stadium for the home opener uh, against the Houston Texans, the first game of the year, um, Thursday, September 10th. Uh, I don't know where New York State is going to fall right now. Obviously, that's not going to be a possibility. But, you know, I, I think it would be great if, if some NFL teams, based on their state's protocols, are allowed to put fans in stands. That's that's a good thing. So I wish it could happen here in Buffalo. Who knows? By the end of the season, maybe it'll be possible. Maybe Governor Cuomo will determine that they can put a percentage of fans in the stadium. So th- those things are all positives that you look to and hope that we can get through this, this COVID-19 and get to a point where, you know, we can have some normalcy, at least from a football perspective. Um, So I'm looking forward to that and uh, hoping that that happens, especially for you, the fans, who I know want to be in the stadium, especially this season with this team, which we all think can be pretty good. And they've got some interesting home games that, you know, right now you're going to miss out on. Those Chiefs in particular, we're going to be here on a Thursday night, which would have been great. So I hope it happens, but, you know, I'm going to be cautious with any proclamations that I have concerning that. Um, real quick note on, on baseball. You know I'm going to always share my baseball takes. And, you know, the Yankees, you know, that's my team, as everyone who I think follows me knows. And <laughs> despite another season where they cannot avoid injury and three of their best players now are on the inactive list, uh, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, and now DJ LeMayu, who is their best hitter by far. I don't care what anybody says. He is their best hitter. Now he's going to be out for perhaps as much as three weeks with a thumb injury. The Yankees just keep rolling along. They're 16-6. and six. They just completed the sweep of the Red Sox Monday night, a four-game you know, wipeout of Boston after they had swept three um, a couple weeks ago. They've won seven straight this season against the Red Sox. I think it's 10 straight overall now. It's amazing what happens, um, what has happened to the Red Sox. They've completely fallen apart, and no tears being shed here by me. Um, but look, the Yankees are 16-6. and six. They've taken advantage of playing a bad Red Sox team. There's some work to do, and we're going to find out just where they are, I think, this week. Tampa Bay comes to the stadium, and, and Tampa Bay has been a tough, tough matchup for the Yankees. They just took three or four from New York last weekend and they're a good team they are an overlooked team in many ways but they are a solid up and down roster with a tremendous pitching staff and now the Yankees are going to be tested you know like I said with three of their best hitters out of the lineup they've got to go against this Tampa Bay pitching staff that not only has strong starters but they are amazing how they can roll out reliever after reliever and these guys just throw gas we all know about the Yankees bullpen. It's strong. There's no denying that. But, man, these these Rays, I don't know where they find some of these guys, but they are always tough um, to go against, especially for the Yankees. So this is going to be, I know it's hard to say it's a big series in this loony baseball season, but it is. 
when it's a 60 game season, you know, you can't, you can't afford to have too many down times and Tampa is going to be the team that the Yankees are going to battle it out with in the AL East. They've lost three or four. It would be nice if they could do some damage here at Yankee stadium this week and uh, maybe regain some control. I think they're up two and a half as they start play uh, tonight. So this is going to be a fun series to watch. And, uh, you know, again, I hope that the Yankees can regain their health. It's been so frustrating the last few years to not have this team. There's so much talent on this team to not have it all together for long stretches because it's rarely been all together, Um, you know, especially last year with Stanton missing almost the whole season, Judge missing almost two months. Um, It's been frustrating. It's great that they have so much depth, and they do. They keep, they, they're like Tampa Bay. They keep rolling guys out, and these guys are playing. Clint Frazier's been great lately. Mike Ford's coming around. Gio Urshela has been one of the great surprises here for a second year in a row. Um, so they've got some players, but you just wish as a Yankee fan that they could throw out their whole team and actually play games with their full roster, what the potential could be. All right, so I'm going to wrap it up today. Thanks for listening, folks, and uh, I'll be back at some point here this week with another edition of the Sal Speak podcast. Enjoy your day. We'll see you.